Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman. And I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears. We've brought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. In this week's episode, we're joined by Jane Pendlebury, CEO of HOSPA, the industry association, helping hospitalities, finance, revenue management, IT, marketing, and asset management professionals. We're also joined by the latest new dog, R. Spuddy, who oozed cuteness throughout and other matter towards the end of the recording. We talked about the spirit of community, the amazing stories of hospitality that emerged during the pandemic, and improving the image of the sector with the newly created Hoteliers Charter. And welcome to episode eight of New Tricks, the, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. If I sound remotely distracted, I am massively distracted because we have a new dog at New Dog PR. Catherine, who's your friend? So we have never worked with children or animals, you see. So yeah, the, the child is distracted by the Xbox, whereas the animals are not spuddy so, has joined the new dog pr crew he has or to give him his french name r spuddy because the year in which he was born the official french naming system meant that all dogs had to be called as uh, something begin with an r so r spuddy it is we know an r bonnie as well um and uh, and i have a friend who has a cat called r john mccarthy <laughs> hilarious so, so you can you can try and persuade people to, <laughs> to stick to the rules as much as you can but it doesn't work so yes our buddy has joined us with his little ears and his pin-like teeth there there can i have that <laughs> there we go that, very good so whilst our buddy really um chews through your headphone uh and microphone wires um now would be an appropriate time to introduce our guest we've had this is our third guest they're going so well um we are, are delighted oh i'm so totally distracted delighted to welcome the very lovely jane pendlebury ceo of hospa welcome welcome jane thank you for joining us thank you very much i'm very excited to be here and with the, with the added bonus of a little doggy as well very cute <laughs> This is going to be full of enormous distractions, I'm sure. Um, so we thought we would um, have a little gamble, gam- have a little gamble through. No, we won't gamble. Maybe we've got to gambling already. <laughs> have a little trot through <laughs> what's going on in the world. And um, perhaps starting, um, let's start with uh, the government support for the sector. Um, I had a little look before starting um, and it seems that the current current uh, statistics show that the UK hospitality sector is losing £200 million for every day it's closed. Which is kind of like a gamble. Well, this is true. So it's completely fitting. This is true. This is true. Um, and we're awaiting our floppy haired leaders announcement at, I think it's 7pm this evening on when things will start to be unlocked. Jane, from where, what do you want to, why don't you um, tell us all a little bit about HOSPA and who you are and what you do, and then your, perhaps your views on the government support for the sector? Absolutely. Thank you. So HOSPA is the Hospitality Professionals Association. Um, We're a membership organisation 
with hospitality, mainly hotels, but we have a, a lot of, we go across the whole range of hospitality as well. And our typical member would be a finance director, a um, revenue director, technology director, somebody in that senior tier. Um, we also work with asset managers and with the Hotel Marketing Association, so we cover that marketing angle as well. Um, and we've been trying, yes, to help help our members interpret the government support and how to make the most of it, how to maximise with, with support of some of our key um, advisors as well. Um, and the support, it's we mustn't complain about it because there's been some brilliant support from the government. Um, however, uh, I, I do feel it's been very general and um, how could they understand the complexities of the uh, hospitality industry when it is so wide ranging? Um, and it's very easy, I think, when you watch the news to see hospitality as a busy pub in a university town with lots and lots of people out spilling out into the streets because it's so full inside. And that is one part of hospitality, but it's not the vast majority of hospitality. Uh, and I think they, they have lost sight sometimes of, of the the places where it's easier to to make sure your hygiene levels are completely tip top, to make sure social distancing is is adhered to and whatever. So um, I think, uh, yeah, government government have done a great job, but um, missed the point a couple of times, sadly. Do you think the um, do you think the pandemic and the and the shuttering of the sector has helped to give it? I don't know whether prominence is the right word, but brought it to attention slightly more. Uh, absolutely. I think there's a newfound love for hospitality from the wider British public. Um, and no longer do we take it for granted that we can just grab a coffee, meet, meet, meet a friend for a quick drink, go out for a meal when we can't be bothered to cook. Suddenly it is in the forefront of everybody's mind. And that has to be a good thing. Everyone's gagging to go on holiday too, um, whereas we all, always want to go on holiday, but even more so now, those short breaks and little trips away seem to be forefront of everyone's mind. So, yeah, I think there, if, if there is a positive to be found, that's definitely one of them. Yes, I think that one of the things that we've learned from this is that hospitality used to be sort of something that was just on the side, wasn't it? That you could, you know, treat yourself to a latte and that was one of those things that always happened in a downturn, wasn't it? That people always held on to that before they, they lost anything else. Um, but really, we've discovered that how crucial it is that people go out, how important it is to everyone's mental health that you can go out and that you can feel the deprivation. I know that when I made it out on holiday last summer, it was the first two weeks I'd had off since the beginning of all this. And it was just critical to go. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine what would happen if I hadn't gone. Um, so I think people have now realised that. And that helps to bring it to the forefront of, of the minds of government and of the minds of society in general. I think so. So, yes, it has been they're bad for hospitality but um but good for the importance of hospitality i just hope that there's some hospitality left it has good bad um and we seem to be moving inching we're definitely not going any faster than that inching closer to having some sort of uh, making some sort of progress um with having uh, in creating a minister for hospitality so uh, and this and the national seat at the table campaign is doing um doing great things to raise the profile i think um the latest the latest that i understand from what i understand is that um the prime minister has confirmed that his minister for small business consumers and labor markets paul scully will meet with the team behind um the seat at the table the create to create the minister for hospitality so so we're inching ever closer it would be nice if there was if there was someone who who gave a damn i think in government it really would it really would um what about brexit 
We are now nearing the end of February. The impact of Brexit on staffing, I think it might be an interesting, I think that might be interesting to talk about. Jane, what what are your what are your thoughts and views? Well, I, we haven't really had this. We haven't. It hasn't come to the um, to the front yet, has it? The problem because we're not needing the staff right now. Um, I do know a lot of people have gone home, um, back to Europe. They've gone gone back to their to their families rather than hang around here without a job on their furlough. Um, there will be, without doubt, um, some sort of shortages. I wouldn't say we've got a skills shortage necessarily in the UK, but we've got a lack of willingness of people to do the more hands-on tasks I think you know those those jobs that where you're actually changing beds or being a kitchen porter that we don't seem to be able to recruit those staff so much in the in the UK um, that's where we've relied massively on the Europeans as well as the more senior roles as well um, but the, so there's going to be a glut of people looking for a job within the UK it'll be just whether we can match up the people that are looking for a job with the people that are looking to fill a position and hope that they they do gel together, um, it it will have enormous impacts further down the line. We would have felt it enormously, I think, at the beginning of this year, were we not in a pandemic. Um, so I think it's just going to be a bit of a delayed reaction. We'll feel the pain, but it'll be possibly later than than originally anticipated. So do you think that if and I know this is something that you guys have been working on, if you can persuade people that it's a career people will start at the bottom because you we have people like Keith Barr in the sector who can who've come in from the bottom and who do a lot of work in this area obviously um but I think that the problem with hospitality isn't it that it's just a summer job for students if that and you can't go anywhere so that's why you would you know maybe get other people to do the the chambermaiding you know I started off as a chambermaid and see where I am now yes um, <laughs> I've also done my stint in chambermaiding too and see oh, where I am me three um Yay, there you go. Um, well, I, this is what Sally Beck... What's your key chambermaiding knowledge? My, my key chambermaid... Well, I did a Devere management training course way back when. So I did sort of three weeks, six weeks in, in various different departments moving around the hotel. Um, I What I learned then would be of no use now because they didn't do a very good cleaning job. I, I remember it wasn't terribly good and it was as quick as you could. That was that was really the, the goal. I don't remember it being terribly thorough. I don't remember turning beds over or, you know, looking under the bed, turning a mattress. I don't remember doing any of that in my short stint in housekeeping. Um, so I know it's got a lot better since then. Um, I was going to say... Of course it has. I was going to say, though, with Sally Beck's new um, <laughs> charter, Hotelier's Charter, that's really designed exactly for that, isn't it? To, to make the... To improve the image of hospitality. And that's really important for people wanting to come into the industry, but also potentially more importantly for their parents and for the school careers offices and things like that, because nobody, well, and there must be somebody out there, but very few people encourage people into hospitality as a career. It's not an obvious one. Um, and I think most of us didn't really ever decide to come into hospitality. People like that are very few and far between. We end up in it. We realise what a great industry it is and we want to stay. Uh, but it wasn't something that we aspired to do from the age of six. I want to go and work in a hotel. It doesn't tend to work that way. But as you say, Catherine, there's amazing stories of people who did start just probably in a summer job, cleaning bedrooms, cleaning washing pots or whatever, and are now general managers and, and even more successful than that. So it is a great career path, especially if you don't want to go down the academic route. Perfect. 
And I can think of no other, I can think of no other, or very few other careers, and you take, you have to take the current circumstances aside, that afford the, 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 the that provide the uh, opportunity to travel in quite as many, and quite sort of many and varied ways. Um, travel is something that we're all sort of longingly sobbing for at the moment. So any kind of talk of it, it then it becomes bittersweet. But the, the opportunity to travel is um, incredible within the hospitality sector. My finest moment as a chambermaid was getting halfway around cleaning a room before realising that there was a man still in bed, asleep. Um, oh, yes. yes. That's yes. sufficient though, because you're getting into the game. <laughs> This is absolutely and I and in my defense, so the little chits that I was looking down, which said room, whatever it was, it did say he checked out and it and the room was vacant, but he apparently not changed things the things had changed. So yes, there I was, merrily tidying up the room, only to realise that he was fast asleep. Career in hospitality. This is what it can bring you. I do like the idea of rebranding hospitality as some somewhere that you can um it's like yeah, it's like the alternative army, isn't it? It's you can travel the world, but no killing. So the adverts that you see on the television for for the army, I often think that it's really similar because you have accountants and you have all these different. You can have a, a proper professional career, um, but you can also have a career without any qualifications. So yeah, it's, I think it's very similar. Mm. Got it. <laughs> without the killing, <laughs> and sometimes inclement hours. Mm. But considerably better, considerably better food, and no sort of marching through the desert. No, very little marching through the desert. Um, and although at the moment, quite a lot of government control, you have to go along with the whims of their strategies. That's true. So you might be thinking, I don't want to close. I don't want to invade this country, but I'm going to have to do it anyway. There are similarities. But absolutely, well done to Sally and everyone. I'm sure there were. I'm sure there was an army of people. There were an army of people behind um, supporting the Hoteliers Charter. And there's lots more information online. Um, and obviously, the aim of the game is to get as many hotels as possible signed up. Um, Jane, do you want to, will you just give us a little bit of insight into how HOSPA has been helping members since the beginning of time, but also the beginning of the pandemic um, and what you've been doing to support? Yes, I guess it, so, so since the beginning of time, we've been around 52 years now, um, originally BAHA, the British Association of Hospitality Accountants. And it didn't massively change when um, the pandemic struck, but obviously our focus shifted from from being very general on in our advice and best practice and those sorts of uh, discussions, very focused to the pandemic, how to how to make the most of the any any government support, how to how to reopen. That was a really big thing because and how to close indeed before that, um, because a lot of hotels, if they weren't seasonal, had never actually closed the doors before. Um, I often tell a story about, I got a phone call from, luckily, someone I know quite well um, in a London hotel who phoned to tell me that they were closing the hotel and what he'd done. And at the end of it, he said, um, and what have I forgotten? And I thought, oh, gosh, um, you've just told me a whole lot of things I might not have thought of. Um, and then the next phone call I got was somebody else saying something very similar, but I was able to fill in some gaps from that first phone call. And that sort of was a bit of a light bulb moment that we've got something here. I'm sharing information. I need to share this a bit more widely. So we set up our COVID pages um, and we we had lots of support and, and white papers on there with advice. But we also wanted to spread the word about the good things people were doing because there were amazing things went on in hospitality from feeding key workers to housing NHS staff to military or, or um families of children in Great Ormond Street, homeless people. There was amazing stories. 
so we, we tried our best to share those as well and, and to keep that optimism and that entrepreneurial spirit going and, and valued because I think that was really important. Um, but as much as ever, we were just here taking phone calls, talking to people, pointing them in the right direction. That was really as much as, as we did sometimes, but they didn't know where else to go. So we were able to, to help out. So um, I don't think anyone can really say they've enjoyed the pandemic, but there were times when it was very rewarding working in hospitality to be able to support our members like that because it's been a devastating time for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it, it, it's it's at times like this, as, as sort of trite as it sounds, that 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 communities connect and associations have a sort of another level of, of understanding and communication with their with their members. So it's all as again, as we were saying at the beginning, there are it's sort of that good, bad, um, good, bad pandemic in lots of different ways. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that local thing has really come to the fore. When we were saying before about people appreciating hospitality more, I think the local, just the local community spirit has really grown. Um, and that will have a knock on effect to the, to the pubs and the bars when, when they all get to reopen as well. So, yeah, there's another, there's another positive. Oh, pubs. <laughs> so, so, what, so what do we think? It's May. Is May the latest rumour for for pubs and then June or July for hotels. By the time you're listening to this, obviously, dear listener, uh, you all know all about it. But um, yes, these all of these are, are times when you can imagine going outside and sitting in the sun and having your chilled glass of... I can't talk about it anymore. I can't even describe it anymore. May, May does seem to be the point that people were heading for. Um, and that maybe has been a bit delayed now with hotels being, being June, if that, if that is what it is. But who knows? We will know later, won't we, hopefully. One thing that we have noticed um, here in France land uh, that we were remarking on yesterday is that um, it's given the French the opportunity to embrace the British ways of outdoor drinking out of plastic glasses, uh, <laughs> which they hadn't done before, and uh, during the daytime as well. Um, they hadn't done before, but with the six o'clock curfew, you can get takeaway. I was noticing yesterday a lot of takeaway Aperol spritzes uh, go, and people walk around the street drinking them, which is deeply, deeply verboten over here, which is why Starbucks has been such a terrible failure. Um, and I uh, know people walking around drinking drinks during the day, plastic glasses. We truly, it's like a cultural exchange. You know, you can have your Brexit as much as you like, but see what we have given back. And do you think that's <laughs> your influence, Catherine, living in Paris? Have, have yeah, you changed it? Near, just over a year in <laughs> and already you can feel the impact. <laughs> and I, I'm just picking out which square I'm going to have named after me. <laughs> I was wondering how, how, what the extension of that is, sort of sausage and mash. What else, what other sort of culinary delights as well as, as well as how we consume our 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 beverages in the street there's there's all manner of things to look forward to then if you're if you're taking on if, if the french are embracing the english well, well as you know they're not going to be extended via mns paris so. no how are the shells no. looking bad uh, well today we had a full complement of different types of yogurts uh so that's that's coming along um and there was rumors of some indian food Mm, yeah. lovely so so yeah are we faring less good <laughs> is this is this better or worse than than the hummus of a few it's weeks ago slight improvements but in sort of in sort of splatters and you can follow various people on uh, on twitter to stay fully up to date on what's happening where and how quickly it runs out 
So, uh, you know, while they're still going to be obviously lunchtime, you can say, you can say. Because <laughs> I have all the nuggets, so less so <laughs> my local one. Once we've scoured Twitter for the spuddy updates, we're going to see, we're going, we're going to stalk the yogurt shelf stackers mm. um what about um what about any trends any any changes any trend changes that the sector has seen that are likely to stick around or not stick around um since the pandemic since the time before the pandemic we were talking before about qr codes we thought they might they might be long gone but they appear to be they appear to be back they're, they're definitely back on on menus um, and paying paying for your meal or whatever as well. Definitely back, um, and it made easier as well by the fact that you can now just read a QR code from your camera phone, whereas originally you had to download a specific app to need to read your QR codes. So oh, you did, yes, yes. So that's that's I think there's sort of two reasons for that. Uh, but at, at our conference this year, we had. Um, Andy Evers from Red Carnation Hotels talking about exactly this. And he was saying that for the Red Carnation Hotels being what they are, fine dining and, and um, you know, very high, high level service, he said you it's not right to have what would normally be a leather bound wine list suddenly on a QR code and people scrolling through. Um, but that's what it is, or that's what it was uh, when they reopened for those short time for that short time. We did do that a little bit last year, didn't we? Reopened for a short time. Um, but the discussion went along the lines of, well, perhaps it'll be both in the future. So for someone like Red Carnation, they will still have their leather-bound wine list. Um, but perhaps for a different type of guests, they will use that QR code. And the less the less of the fine dining restaurants might just stick with the QR codes, potentially. I, I, I don't know. But that's, yeah, that was one big trend that we saw. Um, a lot more going online. Those, um, you know, I, I think we might have seen the end of the. Um, I can't think what you call it in a hotel when you're in your bedroom and there's the the book, the guest directory. Um, I think those those may have gone because I think that's really acceptable now to have that either at the end of a QR code or on a, on an app or, or whatever. Uh, I, I I fundamentally things will stay the same. Um, there hasn't been a lot of investment to invest into these new flashy bits of technology that have been developed. So I didn't think there'll be any major changes. There were the short-term ones that had to be put into place to, to enable social distance dining. Um, and I think a lot of people have taken the opportunity to not only paint their bedrooms because there's been nobody in it, but also to tidy up the back office systems as well. So there have been some quite big projects on consolidating finance systems uh, across across various hotels and across groups and chains and whatever. So I think that the people have taken the opportunity to do some of that sort of development during the pandemic. Um, yeah, there will. I guess there'll be different ways of, of doing things but I think fundamentally hospitality is all about the smile and the welcome and that won't hopefully won't change well I did um enjoy one of your webinars where you had um someone on whose name escapes me now so I won't embarrass them and there was a lot of talk about technology and and um personalization um I think Judy Grieve was on it as well she's always very good um but uh and how that can change and you can do this welcome you know and and pare down all the data that you've got because that's always been the problem with hotels isn't it they know all about you but they don't really know you and so um if you can walk into a hotel and they can give you a glass of your favorite wine uh then you'll be friends for life because it's that it's that simple mm -hmm. and there was it was quite gripping where all the different things that you can do and the things that people are now employing because they've got time to sort of sit back and think about how to do it and they don't have infinite just infinite um 
cash and time and all the rest of it to um, to implement them when everyone goes back. So you need to really look at what's important, um, which I think is another thing that the pandemic has really given people the opportunity to do once everything's stripped back. You think, well, you know, maybe I don't need this. Maybe I don't need this, you know, big room. Sorry, the dog is moving my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there we are. It's like one of those so, 360 yes, tours. Yeah, exactly. He is deeply, deeply into his hotels, I suspect, imminently. So, it won't whoop. be long. No. Um, can we conclude by asking you some questions, Jane? We've been asking um, we've been asking guests the same sort of set of questions. It's quite been quite interesting to listen to responses. So, if I may, can I kick off? Yes, of course. So, when the shutters are up and I've had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I'm going to do is go and see my mum, give her a massive hug. Um, and then watch her hug the grandchildren as well because I know she's really really missed family and I think that will be the first thing I do probably stop for a meal on the way or something maybe a drink in the pub but that will be the that will be my holiday my goal (laughs) hugs are a go absolutely um the best thing about the hotel sector is I guess it's uh, the, the answer that most people will give it's the people the smiles the teamwork the beds, the food, the drinks, everything, everything. <laughs> but I think I think it's the the community, the togetherness. It's it's just it's just what a what a wonderful industry we work in. I I, I couldn't change it. I tried once and came straight running back. Didn't didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> the hotel sector would be significantly improved if if the five star hotels all thought that I should go and stay on a complimentary basis and test out all of their <laughs> facilities. <laughs> okay uh seriously um an improvement going back to what we were saying about the charter actually it's for the image of working in um a hotel could be improved um so that it's seen as a, a proper career option what the industry needs now is well to to open the doors um and we, i guess we're seeing we're seeing a, a path to that sort of hopefully in july or june july time and then a bit longer term the international business uh, traveller to return um, along with normal life and, and no social distancing. I think those are, are, the, are the trickiest thing. They're going to be the longer term problems for us to, to cope with and get over, I think. And finally, I'd like to think we've learnt from this. I think we've definitely learnt from this um, about how resilient and entrepreneurial the industry is, how optimistic they are. Um, and those positive news feeds that we put onto our um, website at Hosper, we're, we're just we're, we're just so heartwarming. You know, as I said, from from who who people were housing and housing in the hotels and how they were feeding people, raising charity, raising money for charities, and now opening up as vaccination centres. I think we've really learned that it truly is an industry full of good people who really do care. Absolutely. Jane, thank you so much for your time and for all your contributions um, and your thoughts and for sharing sharing all the good things that Hospital are doing. Catherine, thank you for uh, thanks for Spuddy. Of course, of course. <laughs> I'm just watching him do that kind of ominous walk around on the on the rug. Something is- oh, yeah, then something did happen. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we are. So that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> In the in the imminence <laughs> of, of, well, of this time, and by the time you hear this, probably many more times. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank you both so much. Good to talk to you.
Yes, thank you, Emily. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Catherine. And nice to meet Spuddy. And I look forward to seeing you for a glass of wine sometime soon. That's not necessarily the dog. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Brilliant. Let's do that. Take care. Cheerio. Bye-bye. So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.